0: chapter 11, Acts chapter 11. Now let me just give you, I'm going to speak really quick today because we have like another thing that we're doing with people on stage today too. And so most of our texts, all of chapter, like let me say this, we were supposed to preach from 10, chapter 10, verse 1, right, to chapter 11, verse 18. So if, if you don't know, that's around 65 verses, If you've ever been to this church, I don't do well with three verses, okay? (laughs) Anthony told me earlier this week, she goes, you know, some people are saying you're a bit long-winded. And I said, oh, well, they shouldn't come. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You're you're welcome. Just stop complaining. All right. So we're going to try and move quick. All of chapter 10, hear me, all of chapter 10 is a narrative talking about Peter's kind of just crazy engagement he has in these stories, right? And where we're going to preach this is just through chapter 11, verses 1 through 18, not because we want to skip chapter 10, because what Peter does in chapter 11, verses 1 through 18, is he recaps everything he did in chapter 10 with even a little bit more detail, and I will nuance the rest, reference the rest, uh, and and you'll kind of get it. Now, if, if you've seen the movie Forrest Gump, has everyone seen Forrest Gump? Again, if you haven't, you shouldn't be here, okay? And so... Um, but but Forrest Gump sits on a park bench and, and a person comes and sits down and then he recollects his life. And he, he's like, okay, this happened and then this happened and this happened. That's what we're doing. And so if you don't believe what I'm saying today, just go back and read it in chapter 10 when you go home. But I would never lie to you. Okay, so turn to Acts chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible, we want you to follow along. This is really important to us. So raise your hand. We'll bring Bibles to you. Don't feel weird. We do it every single week. If you don't own a Bible, you can keep this one. If uh, you left your Bible here last week and didn't read it all week because you're not really that great, named Micah. um, How was study this week, buddy? (laughs) Really digging into the Word, huh? It's a little bit different than what you tell me at our mentorship meetings. (laughs) All right, all right. Here's what this story is about, okay? Just as an o- kind of overarching piece of the narrative that's happening here. Peter is going to engage with some different groups of people, these different parties of people. but ultimately what we see in chapter 11, the context is it's Peter speaking with a group called the Circumcision Party. Now these people, as, as crazy as that sounds, right? these people were Jewish Christians who were still tied to Jewish tradition. Right, So so they're saying, okay, no, we buy into Jesus, we, we agree with you that, that Jesus is the Savior, he was the Messiah, but we also still think that the Jewish traditions are just as or just under the importance of our faith in Christ. And so they were doing what, what people kind of talk about today is a, a Jesus plus type of understanding of the gospel. Right, that, that, yes, Jesus we love, but also let's add some other stuff. And so we bring it, honestly, into today's culture, often it's Jesus plus good works. And, and I, I think most of us even cognitively say, well, if we understand the gospel, we know that that's not what the Bible says, but I think functionally we live that way all the time because you and I are constantly in this rat race to try and prove ourselves to each other and oftentimes to God. You see it in the way we pray, the way we preach, and the way we act with one another. And so this Jesus plus model is something that Peter is going to push against and say, no, 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 it's not plus anything. It's not plus tradition. It's not plus circumcision. It's not plus et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just Jesus. And now Peter's going to understand this, and he's going to preach this, but we're going to find out maybe for the first time does Peter fully get this? Because even if you look at the narrative of Peter's life through the gospels and on into the early part of the book of Acts, he's still himself kind of living in this Jesus plus model, and he is now going to be convicted by like, hey... I don't. maybe that's not the right way to view this. And then he will go a step further and then defend the position that it is just about Jesus. Like Jesus saves, not Jesus plus your good works, not Jesus plus what you bring to the table, not Jesus plus where you live, Jesus plus what you have, Jesus plus what people think of you. It's just Jesus, amen? amen. Let's open up our words. Verse one, chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went out to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him saying, you went to uncircumcised men and you ate with them. Okay, so this is hearkening back and starting, this is the start of the conflict he has with this party, okay? So now we're going to look at how does he respond and defend this position because, and maybe I should explain this, the reason why the circumcision thing was a big deal and a tradition, because some of you are sitting here like, why is that in there, right? Like, how is that part of it? So in the Old Testament, It was imperative, it was commanded that if you were a chosen person of God, if you were a Jew and then brought into the family of Jews, that you would be circumcised as a marker that you were God's person, right? Like you were part of his family and you were marked by circumcision. So now what you have, again, is these Jewish Christians saying, yes, Jesus, but but you have to be circumcised, right? That's the marker, that's the thing, which, again, that is an external, not an internal reality. And so he's going to push against this reality, verse 4. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. So this is all chapter 10. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts and prey and reptiles and the birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, what God made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. So Peter starts off this defense by reintroducing what happens at the beginning of chapter 10. So this is chapter 10, verses 9 through 16, for any of you referencing back. So Peter, right, an apostle, this guy who is, man, he's just crushing it. We just saw last week, Peter's raising people from the dead, right? So there's good things happening. He's clearly of Christ. And yet he has this vision, right? And it's a vision that I doubt many of us have ever had. And there's this descending blanket, this descending sheet coming from the heavens and has all these animals in it. And he looks up to it and God says, hey man, I need you to eat some of that. Like kill that and eat that, okay? And then he objects. Now here's why he objects. Because again, if you go back to the Old Testament law, there were certain animals that were deemed unclean. You should not eat, right? In God's law, don't do that. Now again, the purpose was to, Take the people of God and say, you're different. You will do different things. You'll look different so the world will look at you and say, you're different. What's that about? And hopefully they would find and feel their way towards God. So here's another instance just like the circumcision piece. It was meant to denote we are the people of God, but it was an external thing. And so God in this vision meets Peter and says, Hey, you know what? I know what you're listening to. I know what you're thinking about. You probably just read Leviticus this morning, Peter. But guess what? Like Jesus, me, my, my, my not myself, but Jesus saying, hey, you get it. Pete, Jesus <laughs> says, I'm talking fast. Jesus says, I've made all things clean, Peter. And because I've made it clean, don't deny it. No, no, no. Here's what's going on in Peter's mind. So now, now this goes from food but it's really here talking about people okay Be- because at the same time there was unclean people that the people were not supposed to associate with either and so no you don't go and engage now One of the specific people you were not to engage with were people who were uncircumcised. Now, this was not true in the actual Levitical law. The Old Testament never told the Jewish people, don't interact with the uncircumcised. But it became a tradition amongst the legalistic and religious Jews of the day. Hey, we don't associate and spend time with those people. We stay here right? We do our Jewish thing here. We worship in the temple. We come on Sunday mornings. We enjoy our thing. We, and now, obviously, I'm talking about us, right? We, we wholly huddle. We keep it to ourselves and say, no, no, this goes beyond us. And so what's happening to Peter here, it's not just food. It's saying, hey, what I'm about to call you to do puts an emphasis on the gospel is truly for everybody. That what Christ accomplished on the cross is not just for the Jew, Uh, It's not just for this kind of section of Gentiles that live in Jerusalem, the holy city. But no, no, this gospel truly is for all. And if you look at Acts 1-8, which we constantly refer back to at the start of this book, Jesus sends his people saying, you will be my disciples and witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What we get today is the first major push of the gospel going to the ends of the earth. Hence why we're talking about in all these different instances how we see the gospel going to all people in all places through different conduits of God's provision and grace in people that we'll bring on stage, okay? The gospel goes to the ends of the earth. Keep going. Verse 11, and behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were. They sent to, sent to me from Caesarea, and the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. Now, this is referencing chapter 10, verse 17 through 30. So he goes on in the narrative, and he's saying, okay, so here's what happened. I had that vision, and then all of a sudden, these guys show up at my door. And I found out that these guys were sent by this guy, Cornelius, who we're about to talk about his vision in just a moment. But he's having this simultaneous vision. God's doing visions in two places, going to bring them together. And so all of a sudden, Peter gets done with his vision, and then these men show up at the door. And so he's like, all right, well, what what do we do with this? And he's like, oh, well, um, the vision told me, because as it told Peter, you are to go and follow these people. And so he gets up after his prayer, after seeing the vision, follows these people, gets to Cornelius' home. And who was assembled but Cornelius. Now, let me tell you, Cornelius right now um, in our story is is what you would call kind of a God-fearer, okay? So in other words, he was a non-Jew who bought into the Jewish religion, right? He was a non-Jew who followed the Jewish God. So he, he didn't believe in Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. He wasn't in relationship. Was just, he didn't trust in Christ for his, as his Savior or Messiah. But he received this vision. We'll talk about in just a moment. And so he is to send for Peter, and Peter will come and explain. And when Peter arrives at Cornelius' house, Cornelius has invited his whole family to come and hear what Peter has to say. Which I just love that. It's like, man, there's, there's something that seems incredible. God's doing, you know what? Let me bring the people around me to hear this good news too. Okay, and so here's what we get then, continuing on in verse 13. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who was called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. This is chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. And so the vision that is given to Cornelius from God is, hey, listen up, there is this apostle. His name is Peter. He's in this city just down the street. Send these people. Because as Cornelius was speaking to the Jewish God, in in that time of him as a God-fearer approaching Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, God speaks to him and says, hey, there's this guy. And he's going to come and tell you what it means to be saved. And so he sends his people out, says, go and get this guy. Bring him back to me okay, 15a, okay, I know we're moving quick, as I began to speak, and to stop there, as I began to speak, and this is going to reference back to verse 10, 34 through 43, and I'm just going to read because it's the powerful word of God, it's the gospel story as Peter presents it to Cornelius and his family. And I don't know where everyone in this room is today, whether or not you consider yourself a Christian or not, but specifically, if you don't consider yourself a Christian, here is the way to salvation. And we'll read it through Peter's words, through God's word ultimately to us. And he says this in chapter 10, verse 34 through 43. Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all that he did, both in country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name." So this is what Jesus has done, okay? He, he lived the perfect life. People did not like this. The religious elite of the day did not like this very much, and so they killed him. And in his death, he took upon the sins of the world, placed upon his shoulders that those who would confess in his name, believe in their heart, will be saved. And so Peter is presenting this gospel, this good news to a group of people, the circumcision party, who were saying, no, 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 no. Like, you, you forgot some things in there, Peter. Because, yes, it's Jesus, and Jesus did do that. But shouldn't we also be circumcised? Uh, should, don't we also have to attend temple? Right? Don't we have to go and be interceded for by the priests? Right? Don't we ha- and entering in a Jesus plus narrative, and Peter's like, no, 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 no man, knock off the plus. Because Jesus plus anything equals nothing, but Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Okay. G- Jesus plus stuff, just it, it falls apart, because okay. then it becomes a, about you and what you deserve and what you've earned from God. And the reality of the gospel story is we have earned nothing from God. But it is his love, his grace, his mercy, and his power that have brought us back. So Peter's like, listen, guys, I, I know you're frustrated because you're worrying, is the gospel, is this going away? Are things going to get missed and lost? And the circumcision party probably isn't thinking through all of these nerves. They're just thinking, well, there's, there's also this, and we were supposed to do this for so long. Why does that change now? And I'm saying to you guys right now, we do the same thing. We create these barriers for ourselves between us and God. We create barriers for other people between them and God. And say, okay, you, you want to know him? Like, you want to be saved? Well, then you better show up to church, okay? And, and hear me, obviously, I'm pro-church, right? Like, I'm for us doing this. Otherwise, I don't have a job, okay? But this doesn't save you, right? Like, like if you're here and you're like, well, okay, I checked the box this week. I don't really know Jesus. He's not real. I don't love him. I, wouldn't, I barely kind of even believe, but I'm here, so that makes me good, Maybe not, right? And hear me, I, I'm not God. Uh, Revelation 7 says that salvation belongs to him. And so I'm not trying to say, I know your eternal future. I know where you're at this morning. But I know that this thing right here from 10 to 1130, that doesn't get you in. Your Bible study doesn't get you in, okay? The way you dress and present yourself, you can't wear enough witness wear, right, to just be like, N-O-T-W, bro, N-O-T-W, no? And out of this world? Y'all don't know that? Is that too old? Some of you guys? Too old? Man. What do they wear now? Like apostle or something? Jesus? No? Oh, yeah, he is greater than I. That, that he is greater than I sticker doesn't do it. Okay? <laughs> Nothing that you bring to the table saves you. Not a thing. Here's why this is important in this narrative because the gospel is called to go to the ends of the earth. The proclivity of man will be to create these things, these Jesus plus type of things. And when you start throwing on all these pluses, you begin to knock certain people off the ability to know Jesus. Because we don't live in a world where there's just equal access. We don't live in a world where everyone can go to church. We don't live in a world where everyone has a Bible. We don't live in a world where et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you add pluses to the gospel of Christ, you cut off a lot of people that Jesus died for. And so we need to stop because it it pushes against the exact narrative that we see Jesus pushing us through in the book of Acts to say, man, this thing is going from Jerusalem all the way to the ends of the earth. That's where the gospel has to go because if it isn't for them, then I guess let's just stay in our holy huddle. Let's just live here. Let's just do our thing. But if it's for all people and the gospel is truly not about us, but about him and what he's done, it's not about the pluses that we can add on. If that's true, then we better start moving and preaching and getting the word to those who need to hear about the desperate, amazing love of God. Amen? That's what's going on here. Now, we land... In these, this last little part, and this is the final kicker for the circumcision party, the thing that's like, yes, they're in, okay? 15B. It says, as Peter was preaching, okay, the Holy Spirit fell on them just on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When he heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Amen. And thank you, Jesus. If that's not true, we should leave right now. Because none of us are in. But because this is true, because the gospel is for all, because, man, what they resolved in this moment, even the most stubborn of the Jews at the day that said, no, it's still about this other stuff, they're like, wait a minute, no, no. You know what finally sealed it is Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit coming down upon them. This is good news for, um, unless you're here and you, and you are a Jew, then, then this is just, well, it's still like, this is okay news, because the more people get to come type of thing, right? But if, if you're here and you're a non-Jew like myself, this is good news. Because what this says is, hey, no, 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 he's here for us too. To save us, to equip us to come into our lives, to make us, listen, not to keep you as you are, but to make you the best picture of Christ in this world that you can be, okay? For his glory, for your joy, and for the sake of the world. Okay. Th- th- this is good news for that. And so Peter finally, after preaching this. you know, He gives all that good news and he says, you know what, you know what the final kicker is? Yeah, God came in power just like he came to us and anything he would do for us, surely he would want to do for them and so on and so forth and so we take this entire narrative through the lens of this vision that God wants to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth and it just comes back on us and says, man, are there ways that we have stood in the way of God for him to save? Because I love what Peter says. He says, who am I to stand in the way of the gospel? Okay? And who are we to say, no, 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 man, it's, it's got to look like this. It's got to be. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. Okay? Now, the rest of the stuff, that gets ironed out as you love Jesus. Okay? It's the first question that needs to come out of our mouths as we live in community with one another is, where are you at with Jesus? What do you believe about Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Now, there's a whole other part to this that we're gonna focus and hone in more as we go through the book of Acts where where Jesus himself tells us in John chapter 14 that he who obeys my commands and uh, uh, and who has my commands and obeys them is the one who loves me, right? So there's, there's there's an aspect of this where, listen, like proof is in the pudding at a certain level. When you love someone enough, if I love my wife as I say I love my wife, that should manifest itself in loving ways in response to our relationship. If it doesn't, then that calls into question a bit about my love. But we start here with Jesus plus nothing equals everything, amen? And the gospel goes to the ends of the earth. So this is all for the sake of his name and his renown and his kingdom across the entire world. And so we land here, We're going to bring up our last group of the the morning. And you know what, band, I'm going to invite you up too just so you guys are ready to go because I know we're running late and we don't want to do that.